Act Three of Measure for Measure by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, A Room in the Prison. Enter Duke Vincentio, disguised as before, Claudio and Provost. So then you hope of pardon from Lord Angelo? The miserable have no other medicine, but only hope. I've hoped to live, and am prepared to die. Be absolute for death. Either death or life shall thereby be the sweeter. Reason thus with life. If I do lose thee, I do lose a thing that none but fools would keep. A breath thou art, servile to all the skyey influences that dust this habitation where thou keep'st, hourly afflict. Merely thou art death's fool, for him thou laborest by thy flight to shun, and yet runst toward him still. Thou art not noble, for all the accommodations that thou bearest are nursed by baseness. Thou art by no means valiant, for thou dost fear the soft and tender fork of a poor worm. Thy best of rest is sleep, and that thou oft provokest, yet grossly fearest thy death, which is no more. Thou art not thyself, for thou exists on many a thousand grains that issue out of dust. Happy thou art not, for what thou hast not, still thou strivest to get, and what thou hast, forgettest. Thou art not certain, for thy complexion shifts to strange effects after the moon. If thou art rich, thou art poor, for like an ass whose back with ingots bows, thou bearest thy heavy riches but a journey, and death unloads thee. Friend hast thou none, for thine own bowels which do call thee sire the mere effusion of thy proper loins, do curse the gout, Serpigo, and the room, for ending thee no sooner. Thou hast nor youth nor age, but, as it were, an after-dinner's sleep, dreaming on both. For all thy blessed youth becomes as aged, and doth beg the alms of palsied eld. And when thou art old and rich, thou hast neither heat, affection, limb, nor beauty, to make thy riches pleasant what's yet in this that bears the name of life yet in this life lie hid mo thousand deaths yet death we fear that makes these odds all even i humbly thank you to sue to live i find i seek to die and seeking death find life let it come on within what ho peace here grace and good company who's there Come in. The wish deserves a welcome. Dear sir, ere long I'll visit you again. Most holy sir, I thank you. Enter Isabella. My business is a word or two with Claudio. And very welcome. Look, signor, here's your sister. Provost, a word with you. As many as you please. Bring me to hear them speak, where I may be concealed. Exeunt Duke Vincentio and Provost. Now, sister, what's the comfort? Why, as all comforts are, most good, most good indeed. Lord Angelo, having affairs to heaven, intends you for his swift ambassador, where you shall be in everlasting leisure. 
therefore your best appointment make with speed. To-morrow you set on. Is there no remedy? None, but such remedy as to save a head to cleave a heart in twain. But is there any? Yes, brother, you may live. There is a devilish mercy in the judge, if you'll implore it, that will free your life but fetter you till death. Perpetual durance. Ay, just, perpetual durance, a restraint though all the world's vestidity you had to a determined scope. But in what nature? In such a one as you consenting to it would bark your honour from that trunk you bear and leave you naked. Oh, let me know the point. Oh, I do fear thee, Claudio, and I quake lest thou a feverous life shouldst entertain, and six or seven winters more respect than a perpetual honour. Darest thou die? The sense of death is most in apprehension, and the poor beetle that we tread upon in corporal sufferance finds a pang as great as when a giant dies. Why give you me this shame? Think you I can a resolution fetch from flowery tenderness? If I must die, I will encounter darkness as a bride and hug it in mine arms. There spake my brother. There my father's grave did utter forth a voice. Yes, thou must die. Thou art too noble to conserve a life in base appliances. This outward sainted deputy whose settled visage and deliberate word nips youth i' the head, and follies doth in mew as falcon doth the fowl, is yet a devil. His filth within being cast he would appear a pond as deep as hell. The prenzy Angelo! Oh, tis the cunning livery of hell, the damnit's body to invest and cover in prenzy guards. Dost thou think, Claudio, if I would yield him my virginity, Thou mightst be freed. Oh, heavens, it cannot be. Yes, he would give it thee from this rank offence so to offend him still. This night's the time that I should do what I abhor to name, or else thou diest to-morrow. Thou shalt not do it. Oh, were it but my life, I'd throw it down for your deliverance as frankly as a pin. Thanks, dear Isabel. Be ready, Claudio, for your death to-morrow. Yes. Has he affections in him that thus can make him bite the law by the nose when he would force it? Sure, it is no sin, or of the deadly seven, it is the least. Which is the least? If it were damnable, he being so wise, why would he for the momentary trick be perdurably fined? Oh, Isabel! What says my brother? Death is a fearful thing. And shamed life a hateful? I but to die and go we know not where, to lie in cold obstruction and to rot, this sensible warm motion to become a kneaded clod, and a delighted spirit to bathe in fiery floods, or to reside in thrilling region of thick-ribbed ice, to be imprisoned in the viewless winds and blown with restless violence round about the pendant world. Or to be worse than worst of those that lawless and in certain thought imagine howling. Tis too horrible. The weariest and most loathed worldly life that age, ache, penury, and imprisonment can lay on nature is a paradise to what we fear of death. Alas, alas! Sweet sister, let me live. What sin you do to save a brother's life, nature dispenses with the deed so far that it becomes a virtue. Oh, you beast! 
oh faithless coward oh dishonest wretch wilt thou be made a man out of my vice is't not a kind of incest to take life from thine own sister's shame what should i think heaven shield my mother played my father fair for such a warped slip of wilderness ne'er issued from his blood take my defiance die perish might but my bending down reprieve thee from thy fate it should proceed i'll pray a thousand prayers for thy death no word to save thee they hear me isabel oh fie 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 thy sin's not accidental but a trade mercy to thee would prove itself a bawd tis best thou diest quickly don't hear me isabella re-enter duke vincentio vouchsafe a word young sister but one word what is your will might you dispense with your leisure i would by and by have some speech with you the satisfaction i would require is likewise your own benefit i have no superfluous leisure my stay must be stolen out of other affairs but i will attend you a while walks apart son i have overheard what hath passed between you and your sister angelo had never the purpose to corrupt her only he hath made an essay of her virtue to practise his judgment with the disposition of natures she having the truth of honour in her hath made him that gracious denial which he is most glad to receive i am confessor to angelo and i know this to be true therefore prepare yourself to death do not satisfy your resolution with hopes that are fallible to-morrow you must die go to your knees and make ready let me ask my sister pardon i am so out of love with life that i will sue to be rid of it hold you there farewell exit claudio provost a word with you re-enter provost what's your will father that now you are come you will be gone leave me a while with the maid my mind promises with my habit no loss shall touch her by my company in good time exit provost isabella comes forward the hand that hath made you fair hath made you good the goodness that is cheap in beauty makes beauty brief in goodness but grace being the soul of your complexion shall keep the body of it ever fair the assault that angelo hath made to you fortune hath conveyed to my understanding and but that frailty hath examples for his falling i should wonder at angelo how will you do to content this substitute and to save your brother i am now going to resolve him i had rather my brother die by the law than my son should be unlawfully born but oh how much is the good duke deceived in angelo if ever he return and i can speak to him i will open my lips in vain or discover his government that shall not be much amiss yet as the matter now stands he will avoid your accusation he made trial of you only therefore fasten your ear on my advisings to the love i have in doing good a remedy presents itself i do make myself believe that you may most uprighteously do a poor wronged lady a merited benefit redeem your brother from the angry law do no stain to your own gracious person and much please the absent duke if peradventure he shall ever return to have hearing of this business let me hear you speak farther 
I have spirit to do anything that appears not foul in the truth of my spirit. Virtue is bold and goodness never fearful. Have you not heard of Mariana, the sister of Frederick, the great soldier who miscarried at sea? I have heard of the lady, and good words went with her name. She should this Angelo have married, was affianced to her by oath and the nuptial appointed, between which time of the contract and limit of the solemnity her brother Frederick was wrecked at sea, having in that perished vessel the dowry of his sister. But mark how heavily this befell to the poor gentlewoman. There she lost a noble and renowned brother, in his love toward her ever most kind and natural, with him the portion and sinew of her fortune, her marriage dowry, with both her combinate husband, this well-seeming Angelo. Can this be so? Did Angelo so leave her? left her in her tears and dried not one of them with his comfort swallowed his vows whole pretending in her discoveries of dishonour in few bestowed her on her own lamentation which she yet wears for his sake and he a marble to her tears is washed with them but relents not what a merit were it in death to take this poor maid from the world what corruption in this life that it will let this man live but how out of this can she avail it is a rupture that you may easily heal and the cure of it not only saves your brother but keeps you from dishonour in doing it show me how good father this forenamed maid hath yet in her the continuance of her first affection his unjust unkindness that in all reason should have quenched her love hath like an impediment in the current made it more violent and unruly go you to angelo answer his requiring with a plausible obedience agree with his demands to the point only refer yourself to this advantage first that your stay with him may not be long that the time may have all shadow and silence in it and the place answer to convenience this being granted in course and now follows all we shall advise this wronged maid to stead up your appointment go in your place if the encounter acknowledge itself hereafter it may compel him to her recompense and here by this is your brother saved your honour untainted the poor mariana advantaged and the corrupt deputy scaled the maid will i frame and make fit for his attempt if you think well to carry this as you may, the doubleness of the benefit defends the deceit from reproof. What think you of it? The image of it gives me content already, and I trust it will grow to a most prosperous perfection. It lies much in your holding up. Haste you speedily to Angelo. If for this night he entreat you to his bed, give him promise of satisfaction. I will presently to St. Luke's. There at the moated grange resides this dejected Mariana. At that place call upon me, and dispatch with Angelo, that it may be quickly. I thank you for this comfort. Fare you well, good father. Exeunt severally. Act Three, Scene Two. The street before the prison. Enter on one side Duke Vincentio, disguised as before. On the other, Elbow, and officers with Pompey. 
Nay, if there be no remedy for it but that you will needs buy and sell men and women like beasts, we shall have all the world drink brown and white bastard. Oh, heavens, what stuff is here? Twas never a merry world since of two usuries the merriest was put down, and the worser allowed by order of a law a third gown to keep him warm, and third with a fox and lambskins too to signify that craft, being richer than innocency, stands for the facing. Come your way, sir. Bless you, good father friar. And you, good brother father, what offence hath this man made you, sir? Marry, sir, he hath offended the law, and, sir, we take him to be a thief too, sir, for we have found upon him, sir, a strange picklock, which we have sent to the deputy. Fie, sirrah, a bod, a wicked bod. The evil that thou causest to be done, that is thy means to live. Do thou but think what tis to cram a maw or clothe a back from such a filthy vice. Say to thyself, from their abominable and beastly touches, I drink, I eat, array myself, and live. Canst thou believe thy living is a life so stinkingly depending? Go mend, go mend. Indeed, it does stink in some sort, sir, but yet, sir, I would prove— Nay, if the devil have given thee proofs for sin, thou wilt prove his. Take him to prison, officer. Correction and instruction must both work ere this rude beast will profit. He must before the deputy, sir. He has given him warning. The deputy cannot abide a whoremaster. If he be a whoremonger and comes before him, he were as good go a mile on his errand. That we were all, as some would seem to be, from our faults as faults from seeming free. His neck will come to your waist. Accord, sir. I spy comfort. I cry bail. Here's a gentleman and a friend of mine. Enter Guccio. How now, noble Pompey? What, at the wheels of Caesar? Art thou led in triumph? What, is there none of Pygmalion's images, newly made woman, to be had now, for putting the hand in the pocket, and extracting it clutched? What reply, ha? Huh? What sayest thou to this tune, matter and method? Is it not drowned in the last rain, ha? Huh? What sayest thou, trot? Is the world as it was, man? What is the way? Is it sad and few words? Or how? The trick of it. Still thus, and thus still worse. How? Doth my dear morsel thy mistress procures she still, ha? Troth, sir, she hath eaten up all her beef, and she is herself in the tub. Why, tis good. It is the right of it. It must be so. Ever your fresh whore, and your powdered bod, an unshud consequence. It must be so. Art going to prison, Pompey? Yes, faith, sir. Why, tis not amiss, Pompey. Farewell. Go, say I sent thee thither. For debt, Pompey, or how? For being aboard, for being aboard. Oh, well then, imprison him. If imprisonment be the due of a bod, why, tis his right. Bod is he, doubtless, and of antiquity too. Bod born. Farewell, good Pompey. Commend me to the prison, Pompey. You will turn good husband now, Pompey. You will keep the house. 
I hope, sir, your good worship will be my bail. Oh, no, indeed will I not, Pompey. It is not the where. I will pray, Pompey, to increase your bondage. If you take it not patiently, why, your metal is the more. Adieu, trusty Pompey. Bless you, friar. And you. Oh, does Bridget paint still, Pompey? Ha! Huh? Come your way, sir, come. You will not bail me then, sir? Then, Pompey, nor now. What news abroad, friar? What news? Come your way, sir, come. Go to kennel, Pompey. Go. Exit elbow, Pompey, and officers. What news, friar, of the duke? I know none. Can you tell me of any? Some say he is with the emperor of Russia. Other, some, he is in Rome. But where is he, think you? I know not where, but wheresoever I wish him well. It was a mad, fantastical trick of him to steal from the state and usurp the beggary he was never born to. Lord Angelo dukes it well in his absence. He puts transgression to it. He does well in't. A little more lenity to lechery would do no harm in him. Something too crabbed that way, friar. It is too general a vice, and severity must cure it. Yes, in good sooth the vice is of a great kindred. It is well allied, but it is impossible to extirpt it quite, friar, till eating and drinking be put down. They say this Angelo was not made by man and woman after this downright way of creation. Is it true, think you? How should he be made, then? Some report a sea-maid spawned him, some that he was begot between two stock-fishes. But it is certain that when he makes water, his urine is congealed ice. That I know to be true, and he is a motion generative. That's infallible. You are pleasant, sir, and speak apace. Why, what a ruthless thing is this in him! for the rebellion of a codpiece, to take away the life of a man. Would the duke that is absent have done this, ere he would have hanged a man for the getting a hundred bastards? He would have paid for the nursing a thousand. He had some feeling of the sport. He knew the service, and that instructed him to mercy. I never heard the absent duke much detected for women. He was not inclined that way. Oh, oh, sir, you are deceived. Tis not possible. Who? Not the duke? <laughs> yes, your beggar of fifty. And his use was to put a ducat in her clack-dish. The duke had crotchets in him. He would be drunk, too. That let me inform you. You do him wrong, surely. Sir, I was an inward of his. A shy fellow was the duke, and I believe I know the cause of his withdrawing. What, I prithee, might be the cause? No pardon. Tis a secret must be locked within the teeth and the lips. But 
this I can let you understand. The greater file of the subject held the duke to be wise. Wise? Why, no question but he was. A very superficial, ignorant, unweighing fellow. Either this is the envy in you, folly or mistaking, the very stream of his life and the business he hath helmed must upon a warranted need give him a better proclamation. Let him be but testimonied in his own bringings forth, and he shall appear to the envious a scholar, a statesman, and a soldier. Therefore you speak unskilfully, or if your knowledge be more, it is much darkened in your malice. Sir, I know him, and I love him. Love talks with better knowledge, and knowledge with dearer love. Come, sir, I know what I know. I can hardly believe that, since you know not what you speak. But if ever the duke return, as our prayers are he may, let me desire you to make your answer before him. If it be honest you have spoke, you have courage to maintain it. I am bound to call upon you, and I pray you your name. Sir, my name is Lucio well known to the duke he shall know you better sir if i may live to report you <laughs> i fear you not oh you hope the duke will return no more or you imagine me too unhurtful and opposite but indeed i can do you little harm you'll forswear this again <laughs> i'll be hanged first thou art deceived in me friar but no more of this canst thou tell if claudio die to-morrow or no why should he die sir why for filling a bottle with a tundish i would the duke we talk of were returned again the ungenitured agent will unpeople the province with continency sparrows must not build in his house eaves because they are lecherous the duke yet would have dark deeds darkly answered he would never bring them to light would he were returned. Mary, this Claudio is condemned for untrussing. Farewell, good friar. I prithee pray for me. The duke, I say to thee again, would eat mutton on Fridays. He's not past it yet. And I say to thee, he would mouth with a beggar, though she smelt brown bread and garlic. <laughs> say that I said so. Farewell. Exit. No might nor greatness in mortality can censure scape. Back wounding calumny the whitest virtue strikes. What king so strong can tie the gall up in the slanderous tongue? But who comes here? Enter Escalus, provost, and officers with mistress overdone. Go away with her to prison. Good my lord, be good to me. Your honour is accounted a merciful man, good my lord. Double and treble admonition, and still forfeit in the same kind. This would make mercy swear and play the tyrant. A bod of eleven years' continuance, may it please your honour. My lord, this is one Lucio's information against me. Mistress Kate Keepdown was with child by him in the Duke's time. He promised her marriage. His child is a year and a quarter old, come Philip and Jacob. I have kept it myself, and see how he goes about to abuse me. That fellow is a fellow of much license. Let him be called before us, 
Away with her to prison. Go to. No more words. Exeunt officers with mistress overdone. Provost, my brother Angelo will not be altered. Claudia must die to-morrow. Let him be furnished with divines and have all charitable preparation, if my brother wrought by my pity. It should not be so with him. So please you, this friar hath been with him, and advised him for the entertainment of death. Good even, good father. Bliss and goodness on you. Of whence are you? Not of this country, though my chance is now to use it for my time. I am a brother of gracious order, late come from the sea in special business from his holiness. What news abroad in the world? None, but that there is so great a fever on goodness that the dissolution of it must cure it. Novelty is only in request, and it is as dangerous to be aged in any kind of course as it is virtuous to be constant in any undertaking. There is scarce truth enough alive to make society secure, but security enough to make fellowships accursed. Much upon this riddle runs the wisdom of the world. This news is old enough, yet it is every day's news. I pray you, sir, of what disposition was the duke? One that, above all other strifes, contended especially to know himself. What pleasure was he given to? Rather rejoicing to see another merry than merry at anything which professed to make him rejoice. A gentleman of all temperance. But leave we have him to his events, with a prayer they may prove prosperous. And let me desire to know how you find Claudio prepared. I am made to understand that you have lent him visitation. He professes to have received no sinister measure from his judge, but most willingly humbles himself to the determination of justice. Yet had he framed to himself, by the instruction of his frailty, many deceiving promises of life, which I, by my good leisure, have discredited to him, and now is he resolved to die. You have paid the heavens your function, and the prisoner the very debt of your calling. I have labored for the poor gentleman to the extremest shore of my modesty, but my brother Justice have I found so severe that he hath forced me to tell him he is indeed Justice. If his own life answer the straightness of his proceeding, it shall become him well wherein if he chance to fail, he hath sentenced himself. I am going to visit the prisoner. Fare you well. Peace be with you. Exeunt Escalus and Provost. He who the sword of heaven will bear should be as holy as severe, pattern in himself to know, grace to stand and virtue go, more nor less to others paying than by self-offences weighing. Shame to him whose cruel striking kills for faults of his own liking. Twice treble shame on Angelo to weed my vice and let his grow. Oh, what man within him hide, though angel on the outward side? How may likeness made in crimes, making practice on the times, to draw with idle spider's strings most ponderous and substantial things? Craft against vice I must apply. With Angelo to-night shall lie his old betrothed, but despised. So disguise shall, by the disguised, pay with falsehood false exacting, and perform an old contracting. Exit. End of Act Three.